book to the book of Luke chapter 12. Um, here at Faith Family, for the past uh, year, almost a year, we've been preaching two messages during each service. Uh, one's a prosperity message, and then what we call the main message from the Lord. And over the last two weeks, we've been talking about being faithful to sow and faithful to save. Today, I want to talk to you about sowing and saving consistently. There's a story here in Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21. Then he spake, spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground, he was a farmer, a sower, of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. Barns are where you store what's produced. For us today, it's a bank account. He said, I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he, anyone, watch this, who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So I want you to pay particular attention to this because all of us should be laying up treasure for ourselves. Uh, it's biblically irresponsible not to have savings. Uh, you should, as, as the scripture talks about, have barns or bank accounts or storehouses, place, w- places where you can set aside or lay up money, and even as it said here, for many years. But notice that last verse, Jesus is saying, pay attention to this, because the same thing that happened to this guy who thought the idea of just storing up money for many years was sufficient could happen to everyone who does the same, lays up treasure for themselves, and is not rich toward God. I mean, at first glance, you would, you would think that, well, man, is it a sin to, to save money? Well, no, it's not a sin at all to save money. That's not what this passage is talking about. What he's talking about is saving money and not sowing seed. A couple of nods on that. What does it mean to be rich towards God? It's not talking about having a funny feeling, a warm, you know, disposition in your heart towards the Lord. No, he's talking about using your financial resources for the kingdom of God. In other words, if all you do is take care of you, including your future through your savings, and you never give to God, be aware, be warned Because it didn't turn out good for this guy. And he said, so is he. When I read this verse in Proverbs chapter 24, it really went off in me like a bomb. Look at it. In Proverbs 24, verse 27, in the message translation, it says this. First plant your fields, 
Then build your barn. Well, we were taught to save money from the time that we were a child. But how many of us were taught to sow first and then to save? When I started seeing these things in Scripture, it just really excited me about what it is we're doing at Faith Family. We need a building. We could be having a building fund drive and taking up a stewardship pledge. But no, the first thing that we decided to do is to sow seed into other ministries so that they could have a building and believe God for us to have a building. Amen? We're doing exactly what the scripture says, which is to sow first and then save. Then turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 16, verse 10 and verse 12. I read it last week. It said, he who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in that which is least is unjust also in much. Verse 12 says, if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? This is a spiritual principle that actually has an effect on our ability to save money. Faithfulness is a spiritual principle. If you are not faithful to sow, you won't be faithful to save. Uh, someone made a, a, a note recently that so many people over the age of 65 don't have adequate savings set aside for themselves. And it shouldn't be. And what I'm seeing in Scripture is that if you're not faithful to sow, you won't be faithful to save. It kind of explains why so many are where they are or why we are where we are. How many of you would like to save more money than you have right now? By a show of hands. If you're here today or online and you would like to save more money than you have right now, you know, we showed our hands. That's the majority of it. should be all of us. <clears throat> How many of you would like to have, a, uh, have retirement savings that could last you for 20 or 40 years? Come on, that, that, you know, like Brother Mark's getting ready to retire. Maybe others of you, maybe some of you are retired or maybe still kind of worried. How many of us would really like to have retirement savings laid up that could last us for 20 years? Literally, where all of our expenses, our housing, our transportation, our travel, because of the investment, the IRA, the Roth IRA, whatever pension, and, you know, thank God for what Social Security is able to do. With all of that combined... All of us would love to be in a position where we've got resources laid up for 20 to 40 years. Okay? And I believe that that's God's will, and, and we're going to be looking at that through Scripture. My challenge to you, at whatever point you are, is to be faithful to sow, and you will be faithful to save. Let's look at this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Verse 32 and 33, it says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Did you know that what the Gentiles, people without God, what they are, what they are seeking is exactly what we just raised our hand for. 
They go to school to get a good education so that they can get a good job. Why? So that they could hopefully have a good retirement set up so that they can live out the rest of their days in a good place in the way that they want. Jesus said that if you seek first the kingdom of God, if you put God's things and God's business first, and seek after his righteousness, then all the things that the Gentiles seek will be added unto you. That means you'll be in a position, after seeking God, that you'll be able to have retirement set aside for 20, 40 years into the future. Sowing into the kingdom is putting God first. Sowing into church projects is being rich towards God. It's almost like sowing is your proving ground for savings. Listen, sowing every now and then and saving every now and then doesn't work well. How many of y'all know the way you get to having stuff stored up for many years is by putting a little aside consistently every month. You know, when you get, I ain't getting no amens. It's so quiet. Y'all making it so hard. I got to do all this talking. Y'all making it tough today. Amen. But think about it. What they told us, and they showed it to us in college and right after college. If we would have graduated at 22 from college and just consistently put aside $100 every month into a mutual fund, or into a retirement account, that in 20 years we would have multiple millions of dollars laid aside for retirement. I see a few heads or not. It doesn't work when you get a big lump sum and you put that away. Sowing work, savings works when you do it consistently every month. And what the Lord's been revealing, I'll talk about it again later, but what the Lord has been revealing to my heart is that if you won't be faithful to sow, you won't be faithful to save. And you need to be faithful to save, so I'm challenging you to to look at it by doing it, putting God first. In order for a savings plan of retirement, and you can play something softly for me, uh, to be successful, they tell us to save consistently over time. If you do a little something every month, every year, year after year, then after decades and including compounded interest, then you'll arrive at that place that you want to be. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 is our close. Verse 1 and 2 and 4 and 6. Listen to this. He says, cast your bread upon the waters and you will find it after many days. Verse 2 says, Give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Verse four says, he who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. And then in verse six, he says, in the morning, sow your seed and in the evening, do not withhold your hand For you do not know which will prosper, either this or or whether both or that, or whether both alike will be good. This passage in Ecclesiastes is so important for you and I. If you want to get to the place where you've got stuff laid up for many years, you're going to have to shift your thinking. If you go at it the way the world does, which is to put them first and to start just save, 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 and you barely do anything consistently for God, 
Maybe every now and then you'll do this or that. Then you're going to find yourself where you put other things first and you didn't seek God first. If you want to get all of what the Gentiles seek added to you, put your sowing first. Do what Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 1 says, cast your bread upon many waters. In that verse, he's talking about sowing at every opportunity you have into the kingdom of God. Sowing at every opportunity into the kingdom. To prove it, when you look at verse 2, he says, cast your bread. He's talking about sowing money. You know, in Detroit at least, uh, we call money bread. You know, got some dough. Or some cheddar, or cheese, or shrilla, or whatever. In this passage, he's talking, he's not talking about taking a loaf of Wonder Bread. They still make Wonder Bread? Man, when I grew up, Wonder, I didn't like Wonder Bread, because you couldn't spread the peanut butter on there without it tearing. I finally got a little reaction with laugh. If you were to go to Galveston this afternoon and take a loaf of Wonder Bread and throw it as far as you could... You'll never see it again. <laughs> Come on. I mean, the fish will eat it up. It'll get all wet on the inside. It'll soak to the bottom. You'll probably not find it at all. He's not literally talking about you throwing bread into the water and trying to see it after a while. He's talking about giving money. In the next verse, verse 2, he says give. So this passage in context is talking about you giving. Give be generous. Give when you have opportunity because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And you may need a harvest from a seed that you've sown today. When you jump down to verse 4, again, in context, if you look at the wind, you will not sow. So what is he saying? He's saying, don't be moved by what you see. Yeah, you got a bill due. Yeah, you got this coming up. You need to hold back. No, what God says is he that scatters will increase, but the one who holds back more than they should is going to tend to poverty. And then in the last verse, in verse 6, he says, sow your seed. Somebody say, sow your seed. And that's what I'm challenging you. Be faithful to sow, and you will be faithful to save. Every month you should be looking for an opportunity to sow into a kingdom project. I'm not just talking about tithing. Go above the tithe. Look for an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. Do it consistently. You might be at a place where you're on a so-called fixed income in retirement. Make sure every month you're giving into the kingdom of God. And you know what's going to happen? God's going to cause an abundance of harvest to come and you'll never run out. You'll never run short. And you'll be in a place where you'll have goods laid up for many years. Did you all get anything out of that today?